Almost Awakened podcast, a no-nonsense approach to spirituality. Here we dive deep into the wisdom traditions while acknowledging insightful breakthroughs in science, psychology, and human development. Our goal is to explore the good life and the very best of spirituality, no-nonsense required. Check us out at almostawaken.org where you can check out past episodes, make a donation, email us a question or comment, or find out more about the resources we shared. And now, today's podcast episode. Welcome to another episode of Almost Awakened Podcast. Good morning, Good morning. It's good to see you again. You too. Yeah, I'm excited for this. Miguel, what do we got going on here? So we have Ladon, who I met through some friends, um, who does a really amazing therapy to help people process um, trauma and whatever else it is that they have going on. I'll probably leave her to tell um, what she does because she she knows all the details. Cool. Well, I would uh, I'd love Ladon. I don't I don't know you. I'd love to get to know you. Why don't you give us like a brief bio about yourself and tell us kind of how you got into this. Well, how I got into this started in the late 90s. I was, um, I had three young children, really depressed, uh, couldn't find, I, I was going to a therapist that was really helpful because I learned how to name what I was feeling. At that point, I was saying things to my therapist like, I'm not depressed. I have a really good life. How could I be depressed? How can I feel so bad when my life is so good? So it was helpful to get some accountability for myself and to acknowledge what I was feeling. That took me some time. I came from a, a family that didn't, what I would call some low emotional intelligence. And, um, but I got to a point where I wasn't progressing any farther. And then I had a really tra- traumatic event happen. So then I started looking for some more help. So really, that's how I got into this work. And from the beginning was to just get help for my own my own depression, my own hopelessness. Gotcha. Would you, gotcha. Would you, would you um, like to hear more I, about how that happened? <laughs> well, yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear you. Absolutely. Yeah. So what I ended up doing was uh, it was kind of, I wouldn't say accidental. I would say more of an amazing thing that happened. I got into a car with a friend to go to lunch together. And when I went to sit down, there was something in the seat. So I just picked it up to get it out of the way. So I wouldn't sit on it. It was a brochure. We were talking and later I looked down at the brochure and there was a picture of a body chart that showed where feelings are stored in the body. So it looks like this. I have my old one. So I found that to be very interesting. And also I recognized it because I had read the book feelings buried alive, never die. And so I picked up the brochure and looked at it. And it talked about a technique called rapid eye technology that uses your eye movements and blinking patterned after how your eyes move during your REM sleep to open the neural pathways in your brain and release stress, stress and trauma. So like depression, anxiety, and PTSD. So I made an appointment with that technician and just to meet her, I just wanted to meet her first and ask more questions about the technique. And the the technique is scientifically based, which is where I come from. I'm kind of left-brained, not kind of, I'm pretty left-brained oriented. And I've always been interested in the science of how the body works and how we can use natural ways to accelerate our body's own healing processes. So when I read and heard more about what REM sleep actually does, so what one of the things that happens during our REM sleep, and we, and we go into REM sleep several times in the night when we're sleeping, 
is that our eyes start moving and they move back and forth, left and right, up to our left, down to our right, up, down, up to our right, down to our left. They move in circles. And even though our eyes are closed, your eyes, your eyelids move as if they're blinking. And when that happens in your REM sleep, it opens the neural pathways in the brain. It starts organizing information from the day before and releasing stress. So how our body is designed to release stress during, during the night is actually pretty genius, I think. So let's say we have a really stressful day. We go to bed and we're tired or physically tired, but also maybe we're feeling discouraged about work or something that happened with our loved ones. We go to sleep. We go into REM sleep several times in the night where our brain's organizing that information and releasing the stress, emotional stress from the day before. And then when you wake up in the morning, you feel physically refreshed and also like emotionally more hopeful. And that's the science that really attracted me to this for me personally. Like there was, there was something for me, my own work to do. And so I made an appointment with that technician and went into my first session and I felt so much better at the end of the session than at the, than at the beginning of the session that I continued to do my own session. So I did 13 sessions weekly, like I just went in weekly. And the, the result was profound within me. Nothing outside of my life changed. Like the outside didn't change, but the inside of me, I felt more light, more hopeful. I had people on the outside telling me that I seemed different. Uh, the most validating thing I heard about the change that happened within me was from my 10-year-old daughter who told me, Mom, you're not as mad as you used to be. And that's when I thought, okay, this is really, it's not just on the outside, it's not just on the inside, but I could see the change. The, the change in me was also being seen on the outside. And that effect in me was so profound that that's when I decided to become a rapid eye technician myself. So I began my training and became a rapid eye technician in 2001 and then a master level rapid eye technician in 2002. And so I've been practicing here in St. George, Utah since then, since 2001 as a rapid eye technician, helping people release stress and trauma like anxiety, depression, and PTSD. That's kind of it in a nutshell. I am. Um, I'm still trying to figure out how I make each of you a little bigger in your square rather than my <laughs> face taking up the whole screen. So we'll see if we can figure this out. But um, I'm curious, like before we kind of jump into this, mm-hmm. uh, Mikkel and I are talking about trauma all the time. Maybe, maybe speak for a moment about the different kinds of trauma that this can help out with like trauma on its own. Like we all get trauma. It's, it's just human to have that. Um, your thoughts maybe on the different kinds of trauma that this can treat. Yeah, that's a good, I think that's a good subject. I think generally speaking, the population tends to think that trauma is maybe wartime, military trauma, or maybe the trauma from an accident, like a car accident or, or something like that. But it's, it's a widespread, it's, there's lots of, lots of things that I, I would call trauma as a rapid eye technician. The, the trauma that I work with the most and what I mean by trauma is when something that has happened that is painful to us emotionally. And we then create a belief about ourselves, a negative belief about ourselves and the world around us. So if it's a violent, if it's a violent experience, then the trauma might be, I am not safe and I must be hypervigilant. So a lot of patterns of anxiety come from something like that. And 
that is like physical violence. So that's sexual abuse, physical abuse. That could also be wartime trauma. But that could also be being raised in a household where there's a lot of yelling or uh, a lot of um, mean words being said. Or uh, maybe one parent is an addict of some kind and you never know what's going to happen. So you're always walking around on eggshells. So you're anxious. Or you've been invalidated over and over again. So your feelings, which are our guidelines to what's going on inside of us in our world and what needs are being met and aren't being met, our feelings are invalidated in that way, then we might feel lost. Like, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I need. And so your, your life then becomes a pattern of being with the wrong people or being in the wrong situations. Trauma can be as, um, the trauma that I see the most. Well, I don't know if I would say the most, but often in my work, We'll see a, a big trauma in the adult life. They'll come in as adult and we'll trace, we'll, we'll work with that trauma, but then we trace it all the way back to childhood and sometimes even into the birth experience where it's the same type of experience where you began the same pattern of negative belief, like I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy and deserving of good. I'm undeserving. There's something wrong with me. I'm not okay the way that I am. A lot of shame. So trauma can be something like as um, as a small like a small child reaching up for a cookie, and having the mom slap their hand and saying, you know, no, not before dinner, and the child um, experiencing that or interpreting that as my mom doesn't love me, and so there's something wrong with me. I'm not lovable. But there's a r- wide range, I would say, of what what could be called a trauma, but. To sum it up, I would say what I call a trauma is any experience where someone tends to feel a painful feeling and then develop a belief about themselves or their world that is harmful to them. So they, they, you know, they either go into anxiety all the time or depression or then the, and then the symptoms of PTSD. So you mentioned, Ladon, um, a book that kind of helped you get started on things, um, fe- Feelings Buried Alive, Never Die. Um, tell us a little bit more about that book, who wrote it, um, and what were some of the things that you learned from it that helped you get started on this journey and that help you, because I know you reference it um, during our interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just tell us why you use that and where people can find it. So the book is called Feelings Buried Alive, Never Die written by Carol Truman, a St. George native. And I, I first saw it when I lived in Idaho many, many years ago. So this is in the early 90s. But what I found interesting about that book, I mean, she teaches about, um, there's a technique that you can use in the book to help release painful stress or painful feelings. So uh, hurt, sadness, grief, anger, um, resentment, those types of feelings. But what I found really interesting about that book was the reference to how, uh, where the feelings are stored, where the painful feelings are stored in the body, and what type of symptoms those painful feelings could be causing in the body. So, for instance, hurting in the knees. So, if you get pain in the knees, that could be an emotional and mental, um, what she calls, what did she call, dis-ease caused by painful mental or or painful mental thoughts and beliefs or painful feelings. So lack of flexibility in your life around the knee or lower back, not enough support, feeling unsupported or the chest, feeling uh, heaviness in the chest is sadness 
or feelings in the stomach is fear or tenseness in the body is fear. And the reason I refer to that list that we used in our session, Mikhail, and what I do in all of my sessions and the body chart that I showed earlier is because we have learned to suppress our feelings, <laughs> our subconscious mind will sometimes not allow us to really connect with our feelings, right? We've been taught our whole lives to be in, to not show our feelings or that it's not okay to be angry or sad. So when a client comes in and I ask them, how do, how do you feel so that we can release those feelings? They will sometimes say, I, I don't know. I don't know. And so then I'll ask, well, what sensation are you feeling in your body? And then they can often will say, well, yeah, I feel really tight. I feel really tight in my stomach. Now, the body is connected to the subconscious mind. So the body always tells the truth about, about what's happening in the subconscious mind. So if they'll say, well, I, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going on with me, but their stomach is really tight. We can look on the body chart or re reference the book, Feelings Buried Alive, and ref and connect to those painful feelings and painful thoughts of fear, not good enough, those types of feelings that are stored in that part of the body. It's so interesting because um, I, I see a lot of people who, who struggle with physical health and um, it's unfortunate that our society has not allowed mental health to be a priority um, because I think that there are a lot of people who are suffering emotionally who would benefit from these types of modalities. Um, and I, I was reading a book this week called Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. Mm -hmm. And he is talking about relationships in particular, um, and more particularly marriage relationships. And he talks about how the emotion contempt, they, okay. he and his colleagues can predict if, there, if there's emotional contempt, um, they're oftentimes... Uh, people who experience that emotion are more susceptible to disease and uh, suppressed immune system. So it's just all of this is fascinating how it intertwines and how it, it plays such a role in our overall health. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really cool. Yeah, I'm really excited about the science that's coming out. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell was one of them. Uh, the biology of belief was another early one. For a while, as a rapid eye technician, my work was just seen as weird. <laughs> it kind of is. I mean, it kind of is. The process is kind of weird, is what I like to say. But now we're, we're hearing more and more science between uh, eye movements and blinking, and connections with feelings, what feelings does do to the immune system. Um, even physicians are beginning, or medical doctors are beginning to connect that and talk to their clients more and more about learning how to to lower anxiety and they're they're referring to like meditation we're going back to the to the good old roots you know uh, meditation forest walking forest bathing connection to nature rapid eye technology there's a tapping techniques so i'm really pleased about the science that's coming out these days you know i I've, I've as i prepared for this conversation there there have there's a lot of different uh Ways in which, I mean, obviously the general principles are the same, but people incorporate, the therapists who are doing this, incorporate it differently from patient to patient and from practitioner to practitioner. And I'm just curious from your point of view, like, let's help the audience kind of understand what this looks like. Um, what, do, what do these sessions, how do they go and what happens and, and what are the, 
Um, what are the mechanisms you use to try to get people to deal with their, their emotional attachment to their memories differently? Okay. So, so generally speaking, when I meet for somebody the first time, when somebody calls me and asks me uh, if they can do a session, I, I like to recommend that they come in for what I call my introduction to rapid eye technology session. It's one hour long. And they get a chance to meet me because I think that's important that you, you know, like the person that you're working with or you feel connected with them. And we, we talk for the first little bit about the science of the, the technique, the science that I just talked to you about. It's more like a nutshell science. And then I, I give them a demo. So what happens in a session is that I direct your eyes to move the same ways that they move during your REM sleep. So, your state, you are awake and alert the entire time, but I'm directing you to move your eyes left and right, up to your left, down to your right, straight up and down, up to your right, in circles. <laughs> and sometimes I have you looking forward, blinking rapidly. And I'm using an eye directing device, which is the weird part of the session, I think. It's a long plastic stick. If, if you, those of you who can see me, I have one right here, right? Well, here's the weird part. I like to tell people it was all science until I talked to you about this and then Harry Potter walks into the room. But this, this is just, it's just a plastic flexible stick. And this on one end is a half ball that has colors on it so your eye can catch the movement of it. So I direct you to look at the, and it looks like a wand, right? So I call it a wand. We call it a wand. So I have you look at one end sometimes, and you move your eyes left and right, up and down, following this, the colorful end of the wand to keep your eyes moving in the directions that they would, they would move when you're in your REM sleep. Sometimes I have you look forward and blink really, really, really fast, like we don't ever do unless we're in a sandstorm, <laughs> blinking really fast. And at that moment, I'm moving the end of the wand really fast in front of your eyes so that your eyes catch that direction and that movement. All of these are signals to your brain to keep your eye in your, sorry, to keep your brain in that REM state of mind, which means open the neural pathways, organize the emotional information and release the stress. So I, I give a little demo on how that works. And then, then you get to tell me what you want to clear. So some people, most of my clients come in for anxiety and depression. So they talk about what's going on in their life, how anxiety or depression is affecting their life. And what they want to have happen differently, what patterns they want to change in their life. And then I, I'm taking notes and writing down what the client, using the client's words, I'm taking notes. So then when we're ready, I began directing your eyes to move. So I pull out my wand. So I'm moving the wand, right, across the face and having you look forward and blink rapidly. And your brain goes into that REM state of mind. So your brain says, oh, I'm in REM sleep. What would you like me to release? And then I'm giving rapid verbal cues based on what you have told me that you would like to release. So then the brain is hearing that while the eyes are moving, the system, the brain knows what's happening and begins to release the stress, which is the words that I'm mentioning. So I'm saying release sadness, grief, heartache, pain, invalidated, not good enough, no good, rotten kids, hurt, resentment, release, 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 release it. Simple as that. So that's what we do in the first session. Okay, so you get a chance to experience what it is. And so, and there's a lot of uh, wand movements that I use. And when the releasing process of the a session is done, 
when the client, when you're feeling better. So I'll say, how do you feel? So that's in the, and you'll either answer, well, I feel lighter, I feel more relaxed, I feel more peaceful, or that tension in my stomach is gone, or whatever the physical sensation is. Once you're feeling better, then we do the reframes. And the reframes are, while the mind is still active in that REM state of mind, reframes are what you would rather be feeling. I am safe now in my life. I'm feeling more peaceful. I am relaxed. I am calm. I'm clear in my mind. This is the truth of my being. I am good enough. I am worthy and deserving of love and happiness. I am worthy and deserving of a successful, prosperous, good, loving life full of good, loving relationships. So then you reframe and connect that into your neural pathways. And then we end the session after that with a guided imagery, which is like the cherry on the top of releasing any leftover residue from the session and feel, imagine filling the body with light. So that's what the first session is like. Any, any questions about that or yeah, any comments? Um, I, have, I have someone on Facebook asking if this kind of technique can help with insomnia. It is if you're, the insomnia is caused by stress. Yes. Okay. My, my experience with physical symptoms, such as insomnia, is that it is, um, you know, where our beings are physical, emotional, mental, and spiritually made up, right? So insomnia could be, yes, an emotional stress, but also there's probably a physical thing that's going on, something to do with melatonin or, or hormones, especially if you're female. But if it's only stress-related, then yes, it would hurt. So stress meaning anxiety, depression, patterns of PTSD, then yes, it would help with insomnia. Like trouble turning the mind off at night. Yes. Okay. So trouble turning the mind off. Yes, that would help. There are, there are tools that I teach my clients and uh, give to my clients to help them with something like that. The one that I use the most that I teach my clients the most about turning the mind off is called the eye patching technique. <laughs> and if you're awesome. picturing like a pirate black pirate's eye patch. That's exactly what it is. I have one right here. So if you can see me, it's this. It's like actually a pirate's eye patch. And it's it's a technique that quiets your left brain mode. And I teach you how to use that to quiet your to quiet the mind so you can, you know, let the monkeys go <laughs> and be more peaceful in your mind and in your body. I'm I'm curious, Ladon, um like success stories. So when folks come in and they sit down with you and they go through multiple sessions and they're trying to treat some trauma in their life, like what does positive results look like? What, what, what does the patient, um, what are the realizations in their life and how do they, how do they come out the other side having the tools now or, or the, the ability to kind of deal with this trauma in a new way? Yes, that's a, that's a great, yes. So that's my favorite part. The, the stories from the client are is my favorite part. It's, rewarding and satisfying for me. And the reason that I'm still doing this since 2001 is because of those stories and what I hear from my clients. The results are internal. That's what I hear the most. They're internal. So I hear more things like, um, um, I don't feel as insecure. I'm feeling more secure. I noticed that when I was with a group of people the other day that I didn't feel like shrinking into the, into the wall. That was a client that was working with the pattern that I'm not good enough. She was saying, I feel more like it's easier for me to speak, like my words matter, that I have something intelligent to say, to say 
that and other people would be interested in what I have to say. So that's that's one success story or one result that I hear. Uh, people with PTSD will tell me that their body is more relaxed, that they'll give me examples like they'll say, oh, LaDon, you know, I, I was driving by a car and it backfired and I didn't jump out of my skin. It frightened me. It startled me, but it didn't affect me. I didn't have the panic attack or I didn't have I didn't have to pull over to the side of the road. I just feel more relaxed all the time in my body. Uh, people with depression will tell me I'm feeling more motivated. I, it, I like to get up in the morning and I'm enjoying my work more. It's easier for me to connect with people. I feel more hopeful about my future. I'm actually planning for my future. Uh, I intend to reach my goals in the future. So those are some types of uh, examples of internal internal results is what I, I hear the most. I think it's really cool because um, it's those internal results that often lead to people making changes in their external world. Either they are less less afraid um, of the you know the current situation that they're in, and so they're able to make some positive steps to things being different or improving their life in some way. And so I'm just I'm really fascinated by this, and I I, I wish more people um, were open minded and. Um, would be willing to give this a shot. Yes, I. That's one of the reasons why I offer my introduction to Rapid Eye session for uh, an hour for a very low. I offer it's only twenty five dollars because I want people to feel like that they could come in, and um, I like to make it super what I consider to be super affordable, and have a chance <clears throat> just to try it to give it to give it a chance. Not everybody comes back for more sessions after they do these sessions, but. I'm very happy to have people try it. It is becoming more and more rapid eye technology itself is becoming more and more well known. Again, it's my excitement uh, and hopefulness, hopeful, hopefulness that comes from more and more science being published around eye movements and blinking. Uh, so I, I am. I'm looking forward. I think it's becoming. I think it's trending. Is what I'd like to say. Like it's becoming more well-known. I'm very hopeful about that. I'm feeling hopeful about that. You, uh, you mentioned the science. I'm just curious, like, um, has there, I mean, this has been uh, being done since the 1980s, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And I'm just curious, like, where are we at in terms of having some, some data um, and some science behind like what's going on? Where, like, if people wanted to know more about how this works and the results that it's getting, where could people look? You could actually go to the rapideyetechnology.com. Uh, rapid there we go. That's the Rapid Eye Institute's website. So you can go online the, uh, and look there. You can just Google eye movements and blinking results from eye movements and blinking. There's a lot of information online, um, articles. You could even call the Rapid Eye Institute. So you go to rapideyetechnology.com. The founder, Dr. Renee Johnson, tends to be the person who answers the phone. <laughs> she likes to talk to people. She, she has people who work for her so that she can be available to answer the phone. That's what she tells people. You can call and talk to her about it. It's not that hard to find these days information. It's not that hard to find anymore because of the internet, you know, and good old Google. It's pretty easy to find. And and reading books like Blink, right? There's and The Biology of Belief. That's another book. 
The books are coming out all the time. I will hear something. Sometimes the book, the books that I've read aren't about eye movements and blinking, but they'll mention something like one of my favorite books. I love this book it's called The Nature Fix. And it's about what, how the fractal, the mathematical fractals in trees, branches help our brain. <laughs> it's a really interesting book. But it also talked about that, it talked about eye movement, blinking, how the eyes connect to the brain and help the brain to reconfigure, I would say. And, and the, the physical sensation, a result of that is a more quiet mind. So it's out there. I, I see it in a lot of places. I think it's interesting too, Ladon, um, because I often find that this, this, you know, woo woo stuff or the wonky <laughs> stuff that people think is really weird. It's often people are practicing it and they're, they're using it before research starts coming out. So just because there's not a ton of research doesn't mean there's not any validity to it. I think that there, there's a lot of value in people using, um, different modalities that work for them. And like I said, I, I'm, I'm find that things like this often have research that comes years later, just like yeah. meditation. Like people have been meditating for thousands of years and now we're just getting some science behind it to say, yes, this is a useful technique. And, and I, it's fascinating to me. Yeah. The science is kind of second, second. I, I like to, huh? yes. So I like, I'm results driven, right? And I, so I tend to tell people, well, what are your results? You meditate. What are your results? You know, is it, are you feeling better? Like feeling better? Are you more hopeful? How does your body feel? How does your mind feel? If that result is good for you, then that's something that you continue doing, you know, being results oriented. I, I think if my rapid eye trainer told me to stand on my head and drink grape juice and I would feel better, I would try it. <laughs> I want to be results driven. It just happens to be that there is more and more science supporting this work. I'm, uh, I'm curious, you know, in lots of therapies. So for instance, let's just talk about like depression drugs. Sometimes they make things better and once in a great while they make things worse. I'm curious when it comes to this type of therapy, is there any risk of like making the trauma worse for the person or, or does this generally almost always net positive results? Uh, no chance at all for making it worse. No chance at all. Uh, the medic I work with clients who are on medications. That's not that's not an issue at all. We work no matter what medication they're on, whether or not. So no chance at all for making the trauma worse. Um, all we're working with in our sessions is the feelings. So it's the feelings that lift. The feelings that lift. So so like like for instance, is is it okay if I give you an example of what I mean by this? Yeah, please. Okay. So the experience is the experience, right? If we could just observe all of our experiences and not have any feeling about it or a judgment that we put on it, then they would just be experiences and we'd be fine, right? Would be okay. But it is the feeling that we feel and the judgment that we put on it that makes it a traumatic experience. And I, I'm saying that kind of, um, I'm not saying that we could view something like uh, getting beat up and not seeing that as traumatic. That is not what I'm saying at all. I'm talking, um, let me, let me just go into my experience or my uh, um, example. So like, for example, I've heard a story about these two girls, these two sisters who each had their own room in their house next to the kitchen. And one day while everybody was gone, 
a kitchen fire started and it destroyed the kitchen and it destroyed these two girls' rooms. Okay. One girl reacted with excitement because she was going to get all new things. <laughs> the other girl reacted with pain and sorrow from all the things that she lost and she mourned it for many years. So in this same experience, each person had the same experience, but they, uh, they had a different result within themselves. So in that example, the child who lost everything, who was processing grief and loss, when she came in to do a rapid eye session, we would work on releasing the grief and loss from that past experience so that when she looked back on that experience, there would be less grief and loss, which then tends to lift as the pattern of depression. So you could still look back at the experience, but you're feeling less painful feelings about it. So that's what we work on in the session. So we're releasing whatever the trauma is. It can't make it worse because we're just lifting the feelings, sadness, grief, fear, terror, resentment, whatever those painful feelings are about that experience. Did I answer that question, Bill? Am I? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, I just, in my mind, like, um, let me ask this too, because I think this is connected to it. And then I'll go back and try to tackle maybe the, the collective question. But as people are going through the, the therapy and you're working with them. And I assume there's some degree of having to talk about and um, at least on some level relive or, or at least express their, their memory of what, what that event was and what it meant to them. Um, I've got to believe for some, at least for a short moment, that's going to, that's going to rise up within them and have some negative connotations to them as you help them work through it. So there's got to be some moments of like, Ooh, this is really hard. Um, mm -hmm. is, is, is that the case? It is in a way. It's very, it's very different. A rapid eye session is very different than a therapy session where you actually talk through the whole experience. Those can be re-traumatizing. Those can be re-traumatizing. I've, I've had that experience in my own life. Uh, a rapid eye session is, I have had people come in, Bill, who've said, this happened to me when I was a child and I don't want to talk about it. And my questions are, how old were you? And then, we go into a guided imagery. So guided imageries access the subconscious mind. So when we work with inner child, so what I, there's a couple of inner child sessions that we do. So I have a series of sessions that I work with my clients. I either do eight session programs or 12 session programs. And the first two sessions I do, I do are around the birth story, also done with guided imagery. But for example, we'll talk about the example I'm going with here. When we do an inner child session, if the trauma happened as a child, we just uh, use a guided imagery where you imagine going back in time and going inside the cave, a cave, and finding a lost and traumatized child with the intention that that lost and traumatized child in the imagery is representing your energy, your experience, your feelings, messages from the subconscious mind. Because remember, guided imagery accesses the subconscious mind. And so then we work with the child that's in the cave. So the child is saying, I feel scared. I feel helpless. I feel powerless. I feel out of control. There's nobody here to help me. And we process those feelings. And then based on the age of the child, I also have scripts from child development, John Bradshaw's work and what each child, each stage a child is in and what they're learning at that time. And there's two scripts connect to the ages. 
of releasing trauma around that. So for instance, if, if the child is age five and that is around uh, power, feeling empowered, and they've had trauma at age five, then it's likely they're going to feel powerless. And so as adult, they come in feeling powerless. Then we release the feelings of helpless, out of control, scared, frightened, weak, vulnerable, powerless, till the child in the cave feels better. And that's a mirror. That's an imagery. That's a representation of what's going on inside of you, the adult, what happened to you as a child. So then when the child in the cave feels better, all through guided imagery, we imagine that child coming back to your heart, being part of you as feeling better, more empowered, more safe. And then you imagine growing up, that child growing up to present time within you so that when you open your eyes in the present time, you have that part of you healed in the present time as an adult, feeling more empowered. And that's how we process something that could have happened in your childhood that's like an, an abusive thing. Instead of an abuse, instead of talking about it, we just focus on lifting the feelings. And so you walk out of there feeling feeling better, empowered, in safe, hopeful. So that's that's something that I really appreciate about the rapid eye sessions is that my clients leave the sessions feeling better than when they came in. And I you know, having having gone through a session with you, Ladon, I really appreciated not having to relive the traumatic experience like you said it's more uh, more focused on okay what are the feelings around that event or you know events and um processing the feelings rather than going through the traumatic experience itself Mm -hmm. and and talking about all of um the the things that happened during the event if that makes sense so you like you said it's it's just you're you're processing the feelings rather than the event of itself, and sure, sure, um, there are things that can trigger emotions. Um, I know that during our mini session, there, I got teary. I felt emotional mm-hmm. um, because I think it's unavoidable to think about an experience without having some triggers um, brought up. But again, the focus was more on what are the feelings and how can we process them and moving towards healthier um, emotions. And so it's not that the event is downshadowed or forgotten or minimized in any way. It's you're, you're able to look at it in a different light. At least that's Mm. what my experience was. And, and I really appreciated um, going back to that inner child, that, that small person who didn't have a safe space or anybody to protect them and being that for yourself. That's a, Sounds like you had a beautiful experience. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was yes. it was completely different than what I expected, um, mm. but it was it was very eye opening and very enlightening. I loved oh, it. Oh, fantastic! See, I love hearing that. I love hearing that. And thank you, by the way, for coming in and giving this weird thing a try. Really appreciate it. Yeah. So, so when your those painful feelings did come up for you, Mikhail, during your session, did you experience that they lifted or they they went away? They resolved? Is that what you're telling me that yeah. happened? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Good. Yes. That's what I thought you were saying. Yes. So yes. Right. They will. You will feel something. You will feel those feelings, especially because I'm giving rapid verbal cues, <laughs> like release the sadness, release release the grief, and that will that does it. It's 
what we're wanting to do. We want the mind to open up and have those feelings um, ready to be released from the neural pathways. But the end result is that they lift and you feel better. And then the reframe, I am safe. I am peaceful. I am calm. I am good enough. Thank yeah, you for I, sharing that, Mikhail. I, I wanted to ask you, Mikhail, like, so having done this, you you mentioned the phrase earlier, woo-woo. And, and sometimes we think that with all of these things, when something is different and um, we, we're not aware of it, we don't really know the story behind it, we don't know the history behind it, um, maybe talk for a moment about that experience. Like, did did it seem awkward at all or did you right away like, like okay, this – this this seems normal and it seems to be doing something. No, I, I think there's always an, an initial amount of um, uh, reservation because, you, you know, for me, just always been trained that the only thing that really works is medicine. And, and you know, my, my experience growing up was nothing outside of this box works. And so I think there's always a little bit of reservation with anything that's new, um, like listening to a book that's different than what, your perception is, I think there's a, there's always a little bit of like, mm, I, don't, I don't know, I'm gonna, I'm just going to kind of test the waters. And so Ladon is amazing at helping people feel comfortable. And so mm. when I first went in for my session, we spent probably 30 or 40 minutes just talking, getting to know each other. Um, I wanted to know her history and how this, how she got into this and, and why it was working for her and how it was working for other clients. And then she's really good because for me, I have a hard time. It, I, I forget to blink my eye sometimes. And so I think that that's probably normal in the first session or a couple of mm-hmm. sessions. And so yeah. gentle reminders from her to look in a certain direction or, you know, to continue blinking. And um, I, I honestly was surprised at uh, how I felt afterwards because I did feel lighter. I did feel less stressed. I did feel less anxious. Um and the the pit in my stomach that was there when we first started talking about the event lifted, and so I left there without that tension in my in my stomach. And even moving forward, I I don't necessarily remember the event that we talked about, but I remember the feelings that I had when we were finished. And so it's it's I just think it's important that people have an open mind, no matter what what it is. And like LaDon said, if you have an experience and it's a positive experience for you, who's to say that it's not going to work? Right. Right. All that, all that matters is if it works for you, right? Like, um, I'm curious to like two other things, which is, is there a certain age that this is says like, okay, this is the age at which it's appropriate to do this kind of therapy or, or is it really anybody? Age eight is, is, what it's recommended because it's, it's hard to sit there, (laughs) you know, age eight and over. So no, no limit on how old you are, (laughs) but age eight for children. um, And I have had some parents come in and do proxy sessions for children who are younger than age eight. And I have actually had a parent sit with their child and I worked on both of them at the same time. So if the child is eight and just feels a little unsure to be with somebody, then the parent can actually sit in on the session also. But they're both being processed. Like I can't, the both of them are moving their eyes is what I'm saying. 
Is there is there a number of sessions that you say like, look, on average, it's going to take you know the average patient in this therapy ten sessions, five sessions, twenty five sessions. Like what? Mm-hmm. I, I get like Mikkel's saying she had results after one session, and it sounds from my own research preparing for this that people experience positive results pretty quickly in the first session or two or three. Um, but to really work through things, is there kind of a standard number of sessions on at least on average that people um, that would be helpful to people? I personally work with two session programs. One is an eight-session program, which is what I recommend the most. It's most, the most common. That, And this is just me. This is me as LaDon DeWitt, the rapid eye technician. I, I have eight-session programs or 12-session programs. And they, I recommend them based on what the trauma is and how long the trauma was. Uh, yet, because each session does build on itself, so the... So we're peeling an onion, right? So the client does leave feeling better. You'll leave the session feeling better each time. That's the goal and usually the result. And then as you come in each time, the the positive result that you felt begins to last longer and longer so that your body, your mind, your energy system, your emotional system gets used to that being the norm (laughs) to be feeling like this. So like my first two sessions, we work with the birth, what is called the birth story, with the idea, the premise that all traumas that we have in our life or all beliefs in error about ourselves, not good enough, powerless, worthlessness, actually begin in our birth story. So that could mean at the time of conception. It, it is true that our attributes, our personalities, our types of people that we are, some of it is given to to us at through through our DNA. So I might have might have the color of my eyes from my dad, my height from my mom, and maybe depression that runs through my mother's family line can be given to us at the time of conception. There's some other things that can happen during the birth story, even the time of birth. Like if you've had a traumatic birth and maybe you didn't get enough oxygen, there's a feeling of panic. There can be the belief that life is unsafe. Or if you were born breech, or you had to be uh, pulled from your mother, there's a there's there's trauma like that that actually happened, painful, but also just mis misperceptions that can happen. So two in the two birth story sessions, two inner child sessions, then one session where we focus completely on releasing the negative core beliefs that we have. That the whole, whole session is focused on that. I use a different one technique that activates and accesses the convincer part of your brain. So the part of your brain that's convinced it's true (laughs) that you're not good enough. And then there's one that's focused completely on releasing anger and resentment, guilt and regret and a self-forgiveness program uh, process. So each one, then there's one that is a, what I call the funky DNA session, which, you know, we can be affected. We can make choices right now. Our behaviors could be affected by what happened to our ancestors up to 16 generations past. That's a lot of people. So it's highly possible we have the results of trauma in our DNA. So I call the funky DNA clearing session. We go through all kinds of things that possibly could happen to people in your DNA and clear them just in case there's any residue in your DNA. And then we end with a body learning process, an actual body walk. We do it in the office and we do it by stepping on papers, but the body process is to look at how you create your life and create it a different way from the, from the learn how to, you're teaching your body how to create uh, 
your life from the belief that I am a being of light, that I'm worthy and deserving. And you actually teach your body. It's kind of, it's like the idea of we can read about how to change your life or read about how to ride a bike, right? We can read about how to ride a bike, but if we want to learn how to ride a bike, we need to use our body. We use teach our body to move the body movements until we just automatically ride a bike. And that's what the premise behind this body walk is, is that you teach yourself how to create your life from the view, I am a being of light. And in the end, I'll get this result because that's where I'm coming from. And so that's, that's my eight session program. And that's generally what I, um, ask people to commit to. It's, it is a commitment. That's why I like to offer the $25 one hour rapid eye session so that people can get an idea about it first before I ask them to commit to eight, eight sessions. And that one hour session that's, that's only $25, I can do that over the phone too. So if you're listening and you don't live in St. George, that's something that we can do over the phone. Frequently asked question, how can we do that over the phone? Well, I end up giving you verbal cues on how to move your eyes. Because remember, it's the eye movement that accesses the neural pathways in your brain, activates your REM state of mind, activates the neural pathways in your brain, and releases. So I'm giving rapid verbal cues, moving your eyes, and release sadness, grief, heartache, the pattern of depression, anxiety, never good enough. Did I answer that question, Bill? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm... I'm um, as Mikkel and I have had a ton of conversations around interesting new things that that when we were when we were on as Richard Rohr would say we're on the first half of life and we're thinking about um, very very much like Mikkel pointed to earlier this closed in box these are the solutions to problems this is how you deal with stuff these are the medicines that work these are the things that you should do to to take care of these issues and on this side of things I just I want to hear new things. And, and I'm aware of the research that's being done, um, uh, MDMA, for instance, treating PTSD, um, some of the results they've got with magic mushrooms, uh, helping people to be more open and inclusive and, um, I don't know, just, just being more wise in how they interact with the world. And we've gone for years judging all of these things as uh, unhealthy, as dangerous, as bad. Um, they've been, some of these things have been illegalized or made fun of. And I think this is one of those things where people need to, um, give it a chance and not judge it immediately and, and give it a test to see if these things work because we're all carrying trauma around. We all want to rid ourselves of how these things have affected us. Um, I, I just, I think we got to stop being so judgmental just because something's different. Yeah, I agree. Right. Cause that. That judgment, judgment closes the doors. That's what tends to happen, I've noticed. When I judge somebody or something, it closes the doors. My mind is no longer open to receive any information about it. Yeah, I, I do. Think, I appreciate that. Yeah, I think that um, in, in my experience, health is more than just I'm, I'm, I'm not sick right now. Health, health encompasses emotional and mm-hmm. mental well-being. And I think that more people need to realize that. I, I do want to add just a caveat. Um, I, I I want people to know that this treatment, this modality is available, but it's absolutely no substitution for, you know, if you've got diabetes, don't stop taking your diabetic yeah. medications. If, if you have yeah. an actual disease process, is this going to help you? Absolutely, because I think there's trauma behind disease as well. Um, but it's not a substitution for proper you know, medical care and, 
and things like that. Continue your depression medications, but maybe use this as a supplement to help you either decrease or lessen the amount of medication that you have to take. And so I just want to throw that out there um, so people don't, you know, don't do something crazy. Yes. Thank you, Mikhail, for saying that. Yes. Yes. If, uh, if people are in St. George, LaDawn, where can people kind of find out maybe, you know, more about you and, and reach out to you and, and maybe set up one of these sessions either in person if they live here uh, or if, if they don't, how they can do one of these phone call sessions? Uh, well, I'd like to just give everybody my phone number. Is that okay? Uh, that's okay. I, don't, I mean, I don't, I don't, okay. yeah, I, absolutely. I, I don't imagine you're going to get a ton of, a ton of spam stuff. I think people are going to be serious and you're, the phone calls you get are going to be people who be people who want help. Okay. So call me or text me 435-773-7314. Yeah. 7-7-3-7-3-1-4. And I'm you put can, that up on the you're, you're on, on Facebook as well, right? So people can yes, check you out I on was Facebook. going to mention that, yeah. So my Facebook page is Stress and Trauma Relief, Rapid Eye Technology. It's this long, it's a long name. Uh, and also, there's a, um, a company here in town in St. George, Utah, on Facebook called Red Lotus Life. And my classes are being uh, marketed, advertised through that, through that site on Facebook. I don't have a website anymore. You can find me on the Rapid Eye Institute website, but the best way to look at me, see what's going on with me is my Facebook page, Stress and Trauma Relief Rapid Eye Technology. I I do have a class coming up. So if you do live in town in St. George, if you live in town, I sound like I used to live in the country. I have lived in the country a lot. I still say I'm going to go to town to get groceries, even though it's just right around the corner. But I have a class coming up on Thursday, March 5th at my office. So my office is off of Dixie Drive in 1600 South in a, in a, the office is called the New You Wellness Center. There's a chiropractor in there and me. I'm in there on Thursdays, Saturdays, and sometimes Sundays and evenings. So I have a class on Thursday night, March 5th, and it's the introduction to rapid eye session that I was talking about that we, that I do privately with people one-on-one, but it's in a group setting. So there'll be eight to 10 people there. I'll talk about rapid eye, give some demos and give the class an opportunity. I'll actually do rapid eye on the whole class. The focus of this class is lifting anxiety. So the focus is releasing anxiety. Very popular subject right now. I'm not saying that in a good way, like things are popular happy popular it's it's a it's the the most talked about and anxiety is the thing that's sought out the most to get help for in the United States so you're welcome to come to that class I would like you to let me know if you're coming because we do have a a physical limit on the the size of the class because I need to be able to see everybody's faces I need to be able to make sure everybody is okay so if you let me know with that phone number 435-773-7314, or you can register for it through Red Lotus Life. And that's called, it's called, I think it's called Releasing Anxiety on Red Lotus Life. I think that's what it's called. But you can text me just as easily. Would love to have anybody would like to come to come. Or you can call me and we can do a private session over the phone or in my office. Do that little intro session. I love it. I just, I love 
when we have uh, mechanisms, positive mechanisms to help us become better humans. And I, I just, I love this conversation this morning. I've really appreciated the chance to, to see your face and get to know you. Uh, Mikel has said so much good about you and says, this is going to be a really cool interview. And it, it really was, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. So thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, and uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to be with the both of you this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to speak about the amazing technique of rapid eye technology and how we can release the patterns, right? Not good enough, powerless, unworthy, undeserving, and unloved and unlovable. Those, we don't need those. Those can be gone. Yeah. <laughs> we can let those go. Amen. Are we, Amen. Are, we wrap, are we wrapping up? Is it time? I, I don't know. It is. Yeah, time. we're we're an hour in, and this is I feel like we've covered a lot of ground. I feel like we're naturally coming to kind of the end of this. I I want to keep Mikkel on for a couple more minutes uh, once we finish up with you, but um, I don't know, Mikkel, if you've got anything else for Ladon or any other thoughts. No, I, again, I just think that she's an amazing human being, and I love that there are people that are doing this kind of work to to better humanity and and better ourselves, and and again, she's. I mean, as you can tell, she's just super chill and um, she's doing good work. So check her out. Thank you, Mikhail. Thank you very much. And thank cool. you, Anything? Bill. Oh, you're welcome. Anything else from you, LaDawn? Any other thoughts or any other you know, final remarks or things that you've got maybe that the audience would, uh, would find helpful? I can't think of anything right now, but I'd like to offer the invitation that if you just want to call and ask me more questions, I'm happy to take your call. You don't have to make an appointment with me, but I like to talk about rapid eye. So if you'd like to have a private conversation, please feel free to give me a call. Thanks. Perfect. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll let you go. And uh, I've got a few thoughts with Mikkel and, uh, but we appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much for spending an hour with us and helping the audience uh, come to understand what this therapy is and some of the results that, that could be there if they took you up on it. Thank you so much to the both of you. I had an enjoyable time this morning. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. She's a cool chick, Bill. She is. Um, It was a lot of fun. I, I, I think we all think some of these things are just weird and, you know, moving your eyes, all you're doing is telling your brain to simulate this REM sleep mode, at least, at least some type of little connection to that. And there's a lot of data out there on how our brains process the trauma of the day during the night. I think it was you that was telling me this, mm-hmm. um, that our brains process um, our trauma each night that we've incurred during the day. And that's one of the greatest spaces to work out some of the stuff that we've carried with us through that day. Yeah, it's it's so cool because um, you don't even know that that's what's happening. Like you're asleep. So you're not consciously aware that your body and your brain are, are processing all the events of the day, but it is. And I think it's fascinating that we can um, use that modality during the waking hours to process things that have happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else has been going on with you? Anything? What's, what's new and exciting? What is new and exciting? Um, I finished, I finished Malcolm Gladwell's book outliers. I'm a little bit obsessed with him lately. He's a, he's a, yeah, he's a good dude. And, Man, he's definitely almost awakened. I love how he narrates his books. Yeah. He's, he's, he's got such a good voice. And so I finished Outliers, which was fascinating. It was really cool to get a little bit of a history about like where he came from. And um, so that was a really good book. And I just started Blink, which is also just, it's fascinating. Uh, I, is Blink tied directly to this this I rapid eye movement stuff? I don't, I don't think so. I'm just in the beginnings of it, but it talks about how 
our brain is so good at reading information that we, if we just listened to our gut, um, it's more accurate than what we think. And mm. so in the beginning, and you know how he is, he often has like this twist that you're just not expecting. <laughs> and so yeah. who knows by the end of the book what's going to happen. But right now he's talking about how we overthink things and what would things look like if we just trusted our gut. In fact, it, this was fascinating to me. He's, he's quoting some research about um, they took a group of college kids and they asked friends of these college kids to um, describe their personality traits. And then they took a group of people and had let them have access to the college students' dorm rooms for 15 minutes, and they compared the results, and they were almost identical. So here, here are people who know, who, know the, who know you really well and can describe you one way, and then you've got a complete random stranger looking at your personal space and the descriptions are very similar. It's it's interesting to me. So Gladwell's the author of the Blink book too. Yeah. Wow. I mean, so I you know I read um, Talking to Strangers, mm-hmm. and that book starts off with a certain premise. Right. And you're like you're all on board. You're like I am definitely taking this person's side. And by the end of the book, he 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 lays out all this data, and you actually think he's laying out data to support your original right uh, perspective. <laughs> Because he just tricked you into thinking about it a certain way. Right. And then you get to the end and you're like, mind's blown. And you're like, oh, I, don't know what to think anymore. I, I now take that other person's side. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just uh, glad you're right. Gladwell is a fascinating author. Has a great podcast too, by the way. Um, I forget what the name of it is. What's the, do you remember offhand? I don't. I Googled him the other day and his, his face was not what I expected. It, it, to me, it doesn't match his voice, but he looks like a super cool guy. Yeah, I'm just trying to. I was looking it up here real quick. Just so uh, revisionist history is one of them. I think he, I think he does another though. That would be cool. I'll but maybe it is. That. But revisionist history is the one. And, he, and he's great at podcasting too. It's the same. It, him reading his own books. It's the same kind of way he does his podcast. It's really good. That's awesome. Um, man, I'm, I actually I had a lot of trouble getting up this morning, Mikkel. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Mikkel and I were at a, a little get together last night celebrating a friend's birthday. And she's um, cancer free for a year, so you yeah, that's that. which is amazing. Damn, what yeah. what a badass! Uh, cancer is a shitty thing, and uh, and yeah, I mean to be in that battle and and to be cancer free, uh, uh, you know, just kudos to her number one. But what a badass for fighting this thing and always being upbeat and always being positive through it. But man, yeah. we stayed up a little late. You guys stayed up later than we did, and and man, I rolled over this morning when the alarm went off, and I said. Uh, I know I got a podcast in like an hour, but I, I don't. I just can't do this. Like I want to, I just can't physically get here. But we made it. We made it. Here we are. I'm in my jammies. <laughs> yeah, you're in your jammies, but we did it. I we told did. You it so wasn't it's going to be, but success to us. <laughs> we did it. Um, yeah, life is good, and I, I hope you're doing well. I hope Kelsey's doing good. Amanda yeah, and I are doing good. great, and little blips here and there that you just have. But man, we're getting over things so much faster than we used to. We're it really is a, a positive. Yeah, we're we're I think we're doing overall better. There are there are moments so you and I talk about like my rabbit hole and the spiral that I get into which is happening way way less frequently and usually I can see myself going down and pull myself out but um last week man I I, I just couldn't for whatever reason. I was like deep way down deep in the rabbit hole and it sucks being there. 
So I, I'm actively working to identify what triggered it and why I stayed there for so long. So that's, that's me. Yeah. I, so in the same breath that I say, like, we're, we're, Amanda and I are healthy or we're having healthier conversations. We're getting past things faster at the same time too, on this side of things, bullshit doesn't fly anymore. Right. So when, so when your partner is doing something unhealthy, when I'm doing something unhealthy to Amanda and I, and I did something last night before we got to the party, but I, when you do something unhealthy, the other person, whereas in the past, you kind of would just yell at each other and then go hide in your own room or and, get and away from each other. It. Yeah. They and you would tell it right. And, and excuse it away. Now it's like, no, Bill, I'm going to yeah. punch you. Yeah. My wife looks at me like bullshit. You're not going to do that here. Like we're on this side of things. That's no longer going to be tolerated. So Good it is. Amanda. Yeah. And she's, yeah, she, she kicked my booty last night. So, uh, but we still made it to the party, had a good time. It was a blast. I um, a lot of fun. That. Yeah. She's great. Um, anything else? Like what are you, what else are you reading right now? You said you started this blink, right? Is that the book you started? Mm-hmm. Um, the next one on my list is, uh, it's called Untrue, and let me pull it up here. It's why nearly everything we believe about women, lust, and infidelity is wrong and how the science can set us free. So I watched a video this week. Um, I'll, I'll send it to you in a text, and maybe we can put it up on our page or something so other people can look at it. And it's, it, I know that men probably experience this on some level, but I think that it's way worse for women. So this video starts off with um, a woman talking and and she's like, be a lady, they say, you know, don't, don't dress too sexy. Don't, don't think too much. Don't, you know, all the, all these things. And so um, I'm interested in reading this book um, and true, because I think there is a lot that uh, we grow up with a lot that society um, places on us that a lot of this stuff isn't true. It's bullshit. And why do we continue to conform? Yeah. Mm. So. Um, cool. I will, I'll try to remember to put that one in the footnotes too. I made notes while LaDawn was talking of some of the things she recommended, some of the things you recommended, and we'll put those in the show notes. But um, I, I think part of the fun of this side of things is just anytime something catches your eye, I now feel free to go read it and investigate it and think about it and question it and, you know, criticize it and, uh, take the layers of the onion away and see what's underneath there. And um, it really allows a lot more space to learn and to grow. And the growth and learning is at a lot faster pace than it was 15 years ago. That's for sure. Yeah. Kelsey and I were talking about that the other day. Um, We were talking about how, you know, in our religious days, there, there was like this much information that we were allowed to consider. And now it's like, there's so much I can't keep up with it and I can't get my hands on all that I want to know. Yeah. Even, even in the show today. So here's the comment from Landon, right? Landon says cannabis has helped me through the EMDR process as well. Like the, the, the ability on this side of things to just like hold your own ground and stay uncomfortable stuff and have not really cared two licks about whatever judgment or whatever, whatever people are saying about like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that. Like we all, we all have a right to figure out what works best for us and helps us to be the best, healthiest person possible. And we each get to be a human in our own way so long as we don't hurt, manipulate, and traumatize others. And anything outside of those those kind of clarifiers of doing harm to someone else, being unhealthy, 
like everybody else, just get out of the way and let the, let us let us humans be human. Yeah, um, a lot of fun today. Great interview. I'm glad you found her. I'm glad you had a session with her. I, I thought the conversation was just amazing. Just exactly what uh, what you know you and I kind of envisioned for the Almost Awakened podcast. Um, I'm excited. We've got I think an, an astrology expert coming up. That's um, yeah. We we've, we've reached out to several people on other topics too. So. People can look forward to other interviews coming. Um, if you like these kinds of conversations, like by all means, recommend, you know, email me and Mikkel at uh, almostawakenedpodcast at gmail.com. Suggest a topic, suggest an expert. We want these conversations to occur. Um, if you want to check out the website, it is almostawakened.org. And uh, anything else be- from you before we close? No, but I think it's funny how you say O-R-G. It reminds me of like, the original OG. Yeah, like, uh, the original gangster. I, I like it. It's- yeah, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> ORG. All right. The, yeah, I'm the original and the real gangster. There we go. <laughs> um, I was thinking like a closing song. I won't I won't pick a song. I was just joking, but like we should pick something from REM, right? Because <laughs> right, rapid, rapid Eye Movement. Um, you got about, a song for us, though? Uh, it's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. Okay, I, I will... Fine. I won't, it won't be here on this video, but when it goes out on the audio podcast, we'll put uh, the end of the world as we know it as our closing song today. Bill, I just want to know who won the lip sync contest last night. Uh, you kicked my <laughs> ass on the first song. Um, what was the song? Do you remember? Ooh. Except on now, one song you know. One song that I know, right? So at every party, <laughs> people who like me, they play this one song because they know it's like the one song I can sing every word to almost. Um, but what was the song you sang? What was that? What was the one you lip synced? Uh, you spin me round. You spin me r- Yeah. And you nailed it. And I was trying to pretend, but I wasn't even on sync. And you were. You nailed it. <laughs> and then we played Looney's I've Got Five on it. And then I kicked your ass. And you did. You did. I tried yeah. to pretend I knew the words, but it was obvious. Yeah. And it was my funnest part of the night, I I had probably one drink too many but not in a bad way. Like I wasn't silly and I wasn't throwing up or nothing. I wasn't drunk or anything like that, but I just, I just needed to take a break from all the dancing. Cause we did a lot of dancing and it was fun. And I went out into the backyard and I just like laid on the ground around like 15 people. And I just looked up at them, up at all of them from the ground. And I threw out like joke after joke. It just had people laughing. It was just, it was just a good time. Such good people. So good people. I always, I always have a lot of fun when I'm in your space and the space of other good humans. So um, I'm, I'm just excited to just keep continuing this life journey until someday when those last three minutes happen and I'm scared to death of those, but <laughs> thanks, uh, until then, thanks for reminding me. Now I have a lot of anxiety. Yeah. That was one of the weird things I did last night. I was like, Hey, who else is thinking about their last three minutes? <laughs> Cause I do a lot and I that's think a, about my death a lot. That's it's a boner killer. It, <laughs> it is a boner killer. <laughs> oh boy. Ah. Uh. Well, anyway, I, I, I just hope people are enjoying the podcast, and I hope these conversations so are fun for people. So, uh, anything you want to anything you want to close with? Nope, just go rock your day. Okay, send us an email. Contact us. Visit the website. Don't forget to buy your Red Roca coffee and put in the code Awake. I know. And uh, I we're just having a lot of fun. Oh yeah, coffee. Did you, did you drink any coffee this morning? Oh, you've got yours. Look at look at what it says. Uh, I, I see the big words. It says, "Wise woman once a wise woman once said, fuck this shit.'" And she lived happily ever after because she was the original OG.
Have a great day, Mikkel. You too. This has been another Almost Awakened episode. Check us out at almostawakened.org, where you can check out past episodes, make a donation to keep this podcast running, email us a question or comment, or find out more about the resources shared in today's episode. For coaching opportunities or extra support, visit nonsensespirituality.com to meet with certified spiritual director, Brittany Hartman.